that's uh, Claypool Lennon Delirium. Now, where did the Lennon come from? Well, it's actually Sean Lennon. So there you go. Um, um, quite a very psychedelic, uh, great band, really good, and very interesting music that they've got there. Um, anyway, it's that time to uh, welcome Mr. David Stone. Hello, there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, he's a. Uh, um, uh, uh, can we call you? <laughs> Resident psychologist. Resident psychologist would be good. Yeah. And uh, this week, uh, we've done, uh, you know, this is over several weeks because uh, the subject matter is so large, we just can't cover it in 10 minutes, really. But we can give you an outline each week and hopefully you can pick up something from this that you can grasp and get to know a little bit better about the subject and the how things, you know, and those processes. And this week we're talking about the law of attraction. Indeed, thank you, Steve. Yeah. Um, well, with my training as um, a Gestalt psychotherapist, a psychologist, and also you know twenty years hardcore business practice and twenty years in the woo-woo, I've got like quite a good grounding, and I've, I've observed what's sort of some things, and I just wanted to share um, some thoughts on the law of attraction. Now, if it's working for you, I'm not here to change your mind. Um, that's fantastic, and continue with what you're doing. Some people just get it; it's inside them, and it works. They have an appreciation for things, they're grounded, they're centred, they bring things into their centre of reality and then it manifests. Fantastic. I, I'm not here to discredit, but what I do want to do is try and debunk some of the myths that surround some of the like over-externalised, commercialised, um, commoditized grasping at externals to sustain our sense of self, to feel good about ourselves, which this um, law of attraction has be become synonymous with in our society, in our very consumerist society. When we, look, when we think about the Buddha and that, that universal law that we're all seeking to get satisfy our needs and it creates an endless continuum of seeking and searching outside of ourselves, and it becomes exhausting and it, it changes, chains us to the wheel of karma. So it's actually quite a natural drive. I mean, if you look at that, everyone's doing it. They must be doing that for a reason. So we're all seeking to get our needs met as a way of um, satisfying our procreative drives. So one thing to get clear is that it's perfectly normal to want to have and manifest abundance. It's a, it's a kind of innate human nature. Is this like the search of happiness? <laughs> in the search of happiness? I think it is. I think we're innately programmed to want to come into wholeness, balance, and to have goodness in and around us. Um, and when you think about where we come from, we come from the stars, we come from source. When a baby is born, it, and when we look at it, we just can disappear into the universe through its eyes. It's just a bundle of goodness of source and I think once we come out of that place we're kind of searching to get back there through trinkets through relationships through love through fame through career and if when you think about you're being carried in your mother's belly for nine months and then you're kind of merged with her in the first year of your life you're in this very largely undifferentiated world um, where you're, you're picking up your mother's thoughts her feelings her patterns and the energies of the environment. So you're gonna be imprinted with that. And that's gonna really influence quite a lot of your life as you go forwards. As you start to individuate, coming into the sort of twos, three-year-old, you start to naturally want to sort of fulfill your own needs. You start to create your own law of attraction, if so to speak. 
And that's when we start to separate from this source, mother, father. We start to come into our own sense of uniqueness, individuality, and we develop healthy narcissistic drives. Is that which... through the uh, law of tantrum? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's very common and if you think how powerful a tantrum is yeah. if you think that the amount of power that's in a tantrum imagine that suffocated and pressed down inside you yeah. and that's why you see in so many primal therapies that are out there having a good old tantrum puts you back in touch with that toddler energy with that drive that many of us lose we lose that animalistic nature to go after what we want and that that's such an important quality because that drive gets so misconstrued through these beliefs that we're going to cover in, in tonight's show and, and, and the next two shows. So it's the problem is it's when there are deficits at the heart of the way we seek to fulfill our needs. Defaults, deficits, distortions, and that's what we're going to look at. Um, because then we tend to fixate on externals in order to feed that emptiness, that absence, that lack inside. Do you think some of this comes from uh, some of the practices that where mothers are told, you know, from breastfeeding to sleep patterns, we leave baby on her own, uh, we don't, don't answer the calls, etc., which I find quite disturbing. I think you should always comfort baby uh, uh, as when you can, as you can, you know, and bring that sort of motherly. Uh, instincts in instantly um, I, to me that's that's a calming effect that brings the baby what it needs right yes. there and then yeah I mean you look at the parenting techniques now and it's it's continuous touch mm. and you know one of the, the biggest wounds the se is the separation from being connected to source or mother and I've got to apologise to listeners especially the ladies listening you've got two fellows talking about this so do, do, <laughs> we're do, doing do, our best yeah do excuse <laughs> us <laughs> rip us to shreds but please don't so basically we're looking at how we why do we fixate on externals to fulfil ourselves so it could be like you say to do with nurturing deficits such as not being held or being you know being left in the shed caught in the shed to cry ourselves to sleep um and it, it leaves us all, you know, it leaves certain imprints in the way that we connect with abundance, we, we connect with source. And then if you look, a lot of people are just trying to escape their lives, that, you know, they're in jobs they don't enjoy, perhaps in relationships that are a struggle, they're feeling overwhelmed by demands of their children, demands of maybe commuting, all these things, and people are feeling unfulfilled. So the law of attraction is this great kind of saccharin pill to just make it better. And it's a very oversimplified and that's where it kind of can come in and dupe people and you know like i said we've got developmental gaps such as um attachment issues that we, we talked about the lack of presence maybe when we were crying and wanting our parents attention they just weren't there they were there physically but not there emotionally and then quite a lot of people are suffering with trauma and so we're looking to constantly fill ourselves up seek things get uh, manifest things to kind of paper over the trauma and that's where you people start to build all these desires on top of the trauma and what that does is just buries it further into the body it pushes it into neuroses and it creates a, a further kind of shitstorm of unpleasantness that isn't dealt with and basically that causes people to delay their actual true needs to resolve the trauma um, and then because my work is a, a healer and um, I look at past life wounds, traumas, ancestral patterns, lineage and religion 
um, religious oaths um, and agreements that, that people can come in with. People can perhaps die and then before they die they, their spirit leaves their body in a past life. So that gap in between them leaving their body and them actually dying creates like a, a stamp a bit like how metal is stamped and imprinted and that can cause a pattern of, of anxiety around life, around expansion, around getting what you want. I think that in itself is, uh, that's another subject, I think we can make a whole subject out of it. Yeah, let's make a mental note for past life yeah. um, stuff, we can go into more detail. And these, what in the, I think, I'm not, not quite 100% certain on my t terminology this evening, but they're called SAM scars, these are endless seeking wounds that go into the kind of the micro of the cellular DNA of the human being. So this all compounds because we have this natural mechanism to move towards what we want and then into stillness when we've got it and then back towards what we want. So we're constantly going, creating a cycle of needs and we're trying to consume and fill ourselves with what we need and come back to stillness, digest, and wait for the next need to erupt. Do you think um, this is um, sort of, um, uh, to me, it's, uh, it's, it's a temporary thing on a constant basis? Yes, you've nailed it. And then, you know, that's kind of what the Buddha said. And so we're always trying to complete unfinished business. So if you have an imprint of abuse or an imprint of lack, what the human mechanism does is it recreates the circumstances of that abuse, of that lack, in order to complete it and heal it. So we're constantly recreating the circumstances of our conditioning. And that's why it can be very deceptive to go, oh yeah, here's the magic bullet. This will make it all better without actually undoing the mechanism. And again, we just paper over that with happy, clappy, positive psychology and the law of um, attraction. And we don't actually address the roots of what's really going on. So with that then, I, I, I believe that's where we get our patterns. Yes, so yes. Those that do similar things and similar patterns, a bit like Einstein says, you know, you can try it. If you, you know, if you're doing the same thing, expecting a different result, it's a sign of madness. Exactly. So, in a way, it takes a huge amount of effort to be positive, to push your willpower, to cover over your true patterns, the true, and then to say, oh well, I'm just going to manifest this. I'm just going to behave like this. And what you're doing is you're constantly filling over the deficits without actually digging them out. It's like, it's like having vine weed in, in, in the allotment and it just strangles all the vegetables and just keep chucking fresh soil on top of it. Right. It just doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that you've got vine weed. No, so really we're talking about root canal work. <laughs> yes, you know, on one level. Without the anaesthetic because it is painful to get through and I think yeah. people, uh, you know, uh, listening, you've got to go through that pain barrier. You've got to get right into that, the, the crutch of it. And I think that's, you know, as we come to an end, because I'm aware we, we, we've just got a shorter part one today, you know, that's where the law of attraction is grossly oversimplified, this complex set of individual issues. I mean, if you look at some of the people in the film, they were hiring Rolls-Royces Roy, Rolls and Bentleys and then charging people five grand, $5,000 or pounds a coaching session to show them how to get rich, like them, and drive a Rolls-Royce, but they only hired a Rolls-Royce. So it was all, it's this superficial, paper-thin, surface level abundance yeah. that doesn't obey the laws of nature of sowing you know the seasons yeah. of growing and I think we'll come into more of this in, in um, 
in the second part next second week. Part, yeah. We'll do yeah. this next week. Oh, actually, I've got a big uh, musical week next week. It'll have to be the week after. Okay. Right, so for the 13th of March. Fabulous. I think be, yeah? Fabulous. Okay, brilliant. And David, it's always a great, great pleasure. Um, I, I, I love the way you uh, deliver everything. It makes it, you know, we can get to understand these things. Mm. We don't normally get to understand. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the next session because we can open it up properly, you know, and uh, give you a lot more time as well. And we can get through that then. Thank you, Stephen. If, I'm going to be blogging on this on um, embodiedsoulawakening.com. Right, so embodiedsoulawakening.com. And then my SoundCloud cloud page, will, I'll put this audio up. It's David Stone on SoundCloud. Okay, David Stone on SoundCloud. And if you look me up on Facebook, I'm just under David Stone or Embodied Soul Awakening. Yeah, Embodied Soul Awakening and David Stone on Facebook. And it's always fascinating to read. And, uh, and it always gives me great pleasure to, to bring you in. It's wonderful stuff. Thank you, David. For Thanks that. for having me, Steve. And, and if you're having any trouble listening, it's fading in and out on the FM side. I believe online, you go online to Glastonbury 106.4.